Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Welcome to the RPG Show. My name is Brent. I'm your host, and with me today we have Nick. Oh boy, I sure hope Serge gets naked, Gantner. What's happening, brother? I was more hoping Lynx would get naked. Well, you got 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 lucky on the the Surge part for sure. He definitely gets naked, which I I totally forgot happened. So yeah, I wasn't ready for it when it did. I was like, wait, why is he naked? Oh, he's got clothes again. I don't know how he's got clothes because. The other guy's got his clothes, so whatever. Game logic. Moving on. <laughs> good thing the graphics weren't very high fidelity. So. Um, so yeah, today is a review show. Everybody that's on the Discord, Discord, Discord knows it's coming. Uh, talking Chrono Cross. Yeah, the I think it released North America year two thousand, Japan nineteen ninety nine. It's a SquareSoft title, so we all know what's up. It's an indirect sequel to. Chrono Trigger. And those that all right, this is a divisive title because it, GameSpot's got a 10 out of 10, IGN 9.7, 94% approval rating on GameFAQs, 94 critic uh, metacritic with an 8.2 user score on metacritic. So it's received really well, but you go out there and you listen to people talk about this and it's an incredibly divisive title where uh it seems like a lot of hardcore fans despise it, and I don't really know why, okay? And this is a review that I've been really excited to do, because unlike a lot of the other games we've done here on this show, me and Nick have actually discussed this game very little compared to a lot of the things we've talked about on this show so far. Would you say that's true, Nick? Uh, yeah, and I'd also say, like, even before the concept of the show, like, you you had mentioned, like, this was, like, one of your favorite games or whatever, and I was like, eh, pass. Yeah, that's about like, the extent of the conversation. Yeah, like, I knew uh, you, you probably didn't care for it so much, and it, it does, I will say, um, I'm cr- incredibly nostalgic for this game. It's one of the, um, first, you know, PS1 games I got to buy with, like, my own money. When, you know, instead of, like, scrapping by and trading or, or you know, selling shit at school or whatever. It was one of the first games that I just went out and bought. Just bought, bought. Because I, I, I saw an image for it and I wanted it, so I went out and bought it. Um, so, uh, and I played it a lot. 
Jackson a lot. And for reasons we'll get to later, um, you know, I, I felt like there was always more I could go back and do because this was pre, well, wasn't necessarily pre-internet days. It was pre-Brent had access to internet days. So there was a lot of me playing this game without any sort of guidance and we'll also talk about that a little later but it's an incredibly divisive title in that you either people either love it or they hate it um some people in the middle kind of tolerate it and like i was saying it's an indirect sequel to chrono trigger and a lot of people out there i hear saying you know it's it's not even related and to those people i don't think they finished the game or were paying attention because yeah, they're they're literally wrong. They're they're very wrong. I would even say it's closer to a direct sequel than it gets credit for. Um, now, granted, you don't learn about any of that shit till the like like last hour of the game. But once you kind of once they finished like weaving the pieces together, um, it is so. But we'll talk about more of that in the story segment of the show. So for people that might be new here, you just looked up Chrono Cross on iTunes and you found this shit. First off, I'd like to say I'm sorry. Second off, don't 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 go listen to any of the first episodes. It's a bad plan. But what we do here is we we take a game and we divide it into categories. We got gameplay, story, visuals, music. Overall experience, replayability, we give it all scores, one through five. We do allow half scores because really early on, Nick fucked the whole show up and we allow half scores. So, and whatever. Because if we had done the running trend, it's if we had done, if we had, yeah, it's a running trend where I, I, I set up standards and Nick chooses to not adhere to them. So, I guess, uh, first off, let's just dive right on into to, to gameplay. So, just like uh, Chrono Trigger, there are no random battles. You can see your enemies on the screen as you move around. Um, I like that. You like that? I think that's cool. I mean, I don't have a problem with random battles, though, personally. I, I like it in this game mainly because random encounters don't mean anything. Like, yeah. fighting, fighting doesn't do anything for you besides give you some money. And maybe a little bit of health. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, occasionally you'll like item like, drops and shit, like but. some other stats, but um, and you get item drops and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, ultimately, um, not as important. Um, and it also doesn't it doesn't do a thing that Chrono Trigger did. And Chrono Trigger, there were these enemies on the field that looked like you could run around them, but you'd hit a point and it would trigger the battle anyway. This doesn't do that. Like almost. With the exception of story and boss fights, um, they're not going to force you into a, uh, an encounter on a map. Like, I didn't have that happen at all to me, uh, at least on this playthrough. You can even run away from boss fights, which is really interesting. Uh, if you need to rethink about your strategy a little bit, um, I don't know why you would, but in case, like, whatever you have is not working for you. You can just run away and try it again. So that was cool. There's only one boss you can't do that from. I think it was like fire lizard thing or something. Like Because there's, there's one boss you run away, he just jumps back down on you. Yeah, that, that's probably the, the first time you fight the fire dragon. Because he, he runs up to you and he's like, he's like, fight me. And I, I guess if you run away from him, like he'll probably do it again. Hmm. I didn't run away from him. So I, I did just not something I, I ever had to utilize. I think I ran away from a boss fight once when I missed stealing a plate. 
one of the dragon plates. Um, I was like, oh, well, I'll run away and try it again. So, but the reason the random encounters don't really count for much is due to the progression system in this game. And the progression system in this game, every time you beat a boss battle, you get a star, a summon star, um, which in turn increases all of your character's stats by a, a large chunk. And that's sort of how you level up. So your, your strength is basically dictated by how many bosses you've beat. And normally I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that, with the exception for in this, like a lot of the boss fights are really clustered together. So you will feel like you're at the same strength level and then you'll go boom, 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 boom. You'll fight four bosses back to back and you come out the other side way stronger than the first. There's not like a gradual progression there. It's like you hit these really hard tiers of back to back boss fights. Would you say your experience was similar, Nick? Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, I didn't really rely too much, like, on stats playing, because, uh, like, it was really largely irrelevant. You'd be getting something at the end of a boss fight. Uh, it was more about trying to figure out how you want to set up your, your element grid, uh, like, what kind of characters you want to use, matching up their innate elements, making sure the field's set up properly, making sure you have good support spells. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, if you had... If you, I mean, if you want to grind for like items and like upgrade your equipment, then it, it kind of makes up for any bad stats you can get, or it can give you a little bit of a boost uh, if you're having trouble with a fight. So, um, speaking of which, it kind of leads us into the way battle works in the element grid. So, uh, you want to cover the battle system a little bit? Uh, sure. All right. So, there are two main methods of uh, attacking, I guess, and dealing damage in this you either attack or use an element um elements are like your spells so uh, any character can have any spell well almost uh if you get a summon spell you can only put it on characters of the same innate mm-hmm. element as the the summon um and each character has their own kind of element grid some of them are really really shitty like i think there's like that one there's a one character you get with links so he's got like three or four slots uh but they can transform into like they're one of the things they transform yeah um they can transform into it's like doppelganger i think mm-hmm. is what it's called yeah uh, they can transform into things uh like monsters and stuff uh, but whatever um so depending on who you're using uh they may be more magic aligned by having more element uh grid spots or less magic aligned or get higher tiers sooner than other characters stuff like that yeah. Um, whereas uh, attacking, um, it's not just attacking. You have three uh, types of attacks you can do. You can do one, two, or three. And each character has uh, stamina. You can have a max of seven. You can go as low as negative seven. Um, every time you do an attack, if you do an attack of one, you use one stamina. If you do an attack of two, you use two stamina. If you do an attack of three, you use three stamina. Um, and then you can kind of combo that in to build up your element uh, gauge. Using an element always uses six stamina, right? It, it, it uses, I think it uses seven. Or seven. It's either it seven uses, or six. It uses the whole thing, pretty much. It uses so seven, can, because if you if you do like a one, a two, a three, and you're left at one stam, you use a spell, then you're at negative six. So yeah, you use a seven stam. Uh, so you can kind of work your combat in so you can do like a, a quick like one hit uh to get that one element 
thing up and then go into your element and then use an element and kind of determine if that's what you want to do. Or you can do like three, three, go into your element, use that. Because uh, one of the one of the neat things the game does is uh, every time you use stamina, it uh, gives stamina to your other characters. So um, if you can technically kind of go through one character all the way, burn them through, burn through another character, burn through another character, and then you'll uh if depending on how you have your setup if you if all your characters are at negative stamina you get instant refresh and all your characters are back to full stamina uh -huh. um so that's kind of a, like a neat trick you can do um but the main thing about attacking is, what kind of sucks is the percentages so attack of one has the highest percentage attack of two has the middling percentage attack of three has the lowest percentage but as you do attacks in a combo those percentages rise now, the problem with that is that enemies have uh, this kind of hidden stat called action points, mm -hmm. um, and each enemy has its own amount of action points that you need to hit for them to take an action. So uh, one enemy you could be fighting uh, will have like an action point of four, another can have six. So what that means is for the first enemy, if your characters do a total of four action points, they will interrupt your turn and then they will do an attack. So if you... Um, do like th three ones and then do a three, you kind of uh, go beyond the, the monster's action points and you get bonus, quote-unquote, action points against that monster. And instead of just doing like a three and a one and then the monster gets a turn, you can do like three, three, then you kind of get a little bit over that monster. But what that means is the other, the second monster also will get the turn at that time. So if you get in between by doing like a three and a two, then the first monster would go, but the second one would not yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of annoying. So if you like, if you don't know, like who the hell would know unless like you look it up, like the, the different monster AP or boss AP, you're pretty much just doing things, and then randomly you get interrupted, uh, your character gets hit, and their percentages drop back down to their base percentages, mm -hmm. and that can really kind of fuck with your strategy if that's what you want to do. Now. There's also, um, I mentioned earlier about like uh, the elements. Um, in the corner, the top left corner of the screen, you'll see this kind of uh, like circle within a circle within a circle thing. Uh, and depending on where you are, uh, what you're fighting, it will have different colors in there. Those colors represent the elements that are in the world. There's six. Uh, it's blue, um, green, red, yellow, white, and black. Mm -hmm. um, and they're all opposites. Well, white and black are opposites. I think it's uh, blue, blue and red, red and then green, yellow and yeah. green. Um, so if you are of that innate element and you attack uh, a character that has the, the direct opposite element, you do you do more damage, but you also take more damage. Same mm -hmm. thing applies to the field effects. So if you flood the field with three yellows versus like a green enemy, and then you use a green spell or a yellow spell, you'll do like triple damage pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know like the exact numbers, but you do a, a hell of a lot more. Whereas if you were to use a green spell you would do a hell of a lot less. Uh, in addition to the field being flooded with yellow, you're attacking a green enemy with a green spell, so it's a waste of time. But what that would do is it would push a green spot onto the field. So it would push one of those yellows out, and it would be yellow, yellow, green. Um, and then you can kind of change the flow of the battle that way. So you have to also account for what your enemies are doing. If they use like a green element and you're trying to do yellow, they may interrupt your setup. Uh, you may end up doing less damage than you want they also are very important if you want to use a summon you have to have the field in that respective element before you can actually summon the, the summons element and uh this this concept gets more volatile 
I would say, and more important as the game goes on. Early on, you're not going to see a whole lot of the field light up one color very often. Um, as you get towards the end, however, there are elements that turn the whole grid a certain color. Um, your bosses get that ability long before you do, uh, and... They also, um, as bosses get, especially towards the end in the last half dozen or so bosses, you run into these bosses that get double and triple actions on their go. So what will happen is they'll cast, you know, they'll be able to cast three elements in a row to change that field to a beneficial color. So it really becomes, all right, now do I want to... um, like, what are you doing there? Do you want to risk running into their action again, or do you want to interrupt that field first and use all your stamina? So um, it really becomes a more important and dynamic system later in the game. And it's also something that I hear a lot of people really complain about in that it's complicated. And up front in the beginning of the game, you know, through the first, I, I would say that it's really not, uh, for me, I don't think it's that complicated. You have a, a, a light hit, a medium hit, and a hard hit. You know, your stam- you know, you gain more use of spells based on what you're hitting with. Like I don't I honestly don't see the uh, difficulty of use in the system because to me, I it, it all kind of boils down to you find the best pattern for you know small fights, you kind of strategize for boss fights the same way you would with with using mana points uh, or MP or whatever. Um, to me, this is just something different enough to make it interesting for me because we play a lot of these games and there's just a lot of, okay, I got to make sure I got to have 20 ethers because I'm just going to use, you know, mana every fucking battle. Um, and I don't have to worry about this with this, which also brings me into one of my favorite quality of life things that this game does. At the end of every battle, you have the option to use what grid... Uh, points you haven't used as well as any consumables to just heal your party with two button presses at the end of every battle why can't every game have that that's amazing so i i will agree that was that's really fucking convenient (laughs) like i was like but they can't make it so you can forge a weapon and automatically equip it i guess we'll take I'll, i'll take the healing after every battle without having to open the menu system and splooge a bunch of potions onto somebody's face that or even like waste time strategizing in combat like okay do I, should i heal before the next fight now that we don't have to waste time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going to the, the menu or anything like that so it's a pretty nifty thing so ultimately i mean how did you end up feeling about the battle system and the the element element grid um i thought it it was interesting the way that they they mixed everything up because it's not just your generic attack. It's not just go into your your magic list, pull out your most powerful spell whenever you want to use it, kind of thing. You have to. It almost feels like every fight you have to work for what you want. Like you have to actually invest in the game, uh, like understand it a little bit to make any progress. Uh, which it's an, in and of itself is pretty rewarding um, once you've kind of I guess become accustomed to it. Um, but then there's also like a, a certain point where I imagine some people would just kind of get tired of it and like, they just want to autopilot the game or whatever. Uh, and, and this is not something you really do that with. No. Um, yeah, I mean, 
No, I mean that's yeah. and that's fair, and because because ultimately because it, it really doesn't work out because the way you talked about action points and just the way attacking works, like you can't just run into a, a fight and mash confirm through fight on three different characters and move on to the next fight because it's actually going to take you longer to sit there and use one 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 because the enemy is going to get attacks off than if you're just to go you know one two use a rank three element that hits everything like i mean you have to kind of engage a little bit but on the other side of that you don't also don't need to i don't there's no need to mindlessly grind through things so that mentality of just you know confirm 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 through these these fights with the exception of a couple areas where you got to trigger a special event um you really i mean you can simply just avoid them and move on to to doing the next thing if you really want to. So yeah. I, I well, sometimes some of those enemies are fucking dicks. Like you do everything in your power to avoid, and they still get you. It's like you there are there are a few of them. There are a few of them. Um, but to me, the the only the only area that was trifling that way was Gaia's navel when you have the little girl running around with you, Leah or whatever her name was. Because they yeah. have this enemy that has a relatively fast action, so um, I only really got through one character almost before they would go, and they would cast Confuse. And while it's a status effect that goes away at the end of the encounter, it just fucking slows the whole shit down to a fucking halt, man. When I got a character confused, it's like, god damn it. And you have to fight so many of them to trigger the stupid dinosaur event, so, you know, hey. Teach their own. I think every game has an area that ends up being trifling. Yeah, of course. There's also one big negative I feel like is uh, with the game's percentage. Okay. Is uh, I feel like the same people that did uh, Final Fantasy Tactics percentage system and Fire Emblem's percentage system uh, also did Chrono Cross's percentage system. You know, because uh, like a, a ninety would miss a lot for me. I'm I'm with you, but I also. Uh... I always just, because I noticed this as a kid playing this game too, like there has to be a hidden stat for like dodge on these monsters. Um, Because like I got to really quickly realize enemies that were acting and moving faster, those percentages didn't mean as much as, you know, big non-moving monsters. So there has to be like a dodge or a miss on their stat side that's not being calculated into our hit so like you roll the hit and then they roll to dodge kind of like you know you would think like a like a like a touch save would work in a tabletop rpg kind of thing that we're not seeing as a part of it so yeah you're probably right um so that moves me on to my next point Uh, this game has a ton of recruitable characters and a ton of missable characters as well um I don't necessarily. We'll talk more about the relevance and story, um, but for me as a fan, I like games with large rosters. So, um, sort of trying to figure out how to recruit everybody was always a huge draw for me. Um, before I, you know, like before I could look it all up, I was always I, I'd spend countless hours trying to, rec- you know, like oh he has a has a has a, a, a face picture. It must be recruitable, right? Must be. Got to figure it out. Um, so the the chase the tail of recruitable characters always worked for me. I understand how it can be a bore and repetitive for a lot of people, kind of like bog the game down. Um, 
especially seeing like not a lot of them are, are um, really important to anything. Uh, I will say there are some that are way better than others, but there aren't any characters that are totally unusable. Um, and that's because, I'd, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, this game isn't very hard. Um, with the exception of, like, maybe a handful of key fights. Uh, I'm looking at you, Miguel. I'm looking at you. Uh, the This game's really not, it's really not that, that hard, so... You can kind of use whoever you want to, um, if you ask me. There is an optimal choice in most cases, but you don't have to. Same goes with same goes with like something like Final Fantasy Tactics. You can play that whole game without using the named characters. You can just use generics the whole game and be fine. So, uh, how did you feel about the sort of all the characters and recruiting and the difficulty of the game? Uh, well, any like like with you, I felt like there were some difficulty spikes. Uh, not anything that was challenging to me personally, uh, considering like I'd imagine you considering our experience with these. We play games. a lot of these games, man. Like, and the strategies all kind of boil down to the same thing. So, yeah. Um, for somebody new to the genre, I could see, I could definitely understand how people would get turned off from the battle system and. Uh, there could be difficulty there just trying to f figure it out. But if it was, I feel like if anybody sticks with it, they'll figure it out eventually. It's not that bad. Uh, as far as far as far as the collectathon of the characters goes, uh, like you, I don't mind collectathons. Uh, actually, like I love sweeping games. That's all they're all about. Mostly collecting a bunch of fucking people. Uh, most of them are irrelevant to the plot. Most of them are relevant to pretty much everything. You pick them up and never look at them again. Fine. Um, this one though, it you have like three paths, I think, if I remember properly, that you have to go through uh, to get all the characters. Yeah, because it, you have to do the hero mansion. Because well, it, it, it comes down to two two points that split. Now the first split, you technically have three options, so it would take three playthroughs to get all three of those characters. The second split, it's only two options. So theoretically you could get that on two playthroughs. Yeah. Uh, and there's a way like you have your complete save. You can uh, load from that, get characters and then save on the complete save or some shit. I don't really didn't look into it too much because I'm probably not going to play this again. Uh, but whatever, there is a thing if, if you're into playing this again, collecting all the characters, getting all the level seven techs, getting everything you can, you can, you can do that. And so it's not, uh, removed from you, it is just they've taken it and put it into you having to invest way more time into it than a, a similar game would make you. Um, so that kind of bothers me uh, that you can't get all the characters in one playthrough. You have to go through it a couple times. Um, but other than that, like the variety of characters you get is pretty good. Like there's like f almost fifty. Yeah, that's, it's a huge it's a huge roster. It's not Soikin and huge, but for a, for a Square game, it's a huge roster. Yeah, and they all have a decent amount of text uh, for when... I think, well, for the most part, when you get them, they... Uh, it's not just you walk up to somebody and they're like, uh, oh, you're so-and-so, I'm going to join you now. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit more to... Uh, all, the, all the recruitments are a bit more involved than yeah. a, like a similar game. And I so. would say almost all of them have their own little story arc to them. 
that you can that you become a part of in recruitment and in getting whether they have special items or their level seven uh, tech spells. Um, they all have their own little little story there. What's that game? Seven Steps to Kevin Bacon or some shit? What is yeah, it? that's seven. Uh, yeah, seven ways to Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, it's applicable to this as well because all of the characters are interconnected in some way. Mm-hmm. Like one character could be born in this uh, country who was uh, also where so and so was located, who fought this person, who's the mother of that person, who's the cousin of this person, mm-hmm. and they're all somehow interconnected. Which I thought, like, I'd have to go out of my way uh and like actually look it up uh to understand that but i thought that was kind of a neat thing yeah and and they all um i i completely lost much to continue i i can't I, I just fucking spaced on that that's great uh, how high are you right now? Man? No, I'm not. Uh, no, I, what I was going to say to, I mean, it relates more to story, but they all have, a lot of them have this counterbalance in the two different worlds as well. So to see what happened, you know, to one character in the different, the different timeline is always interesting as well. So, yeah, I will say that the whole crux of whether or not, uh, spoiler, Serge lived or died, uh, changing the way the whole world's, uh, each of the two worlds uh, that kind of developed is interesting. So. Yeah. All right, so uh, give me some 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 uh, some positives and some negatives for gameplay, and give me your score on this one. Okay, uh, so some of the positives I would say is that the um, the ability to avoid enemies on the fields is great. Uh, not only because a lot of people hate random encounters, I don't mind them, uh, but mostly because. Uh, combat was ultimately fruitless. It's just a time waster. Uh, so I guess that's a negative and a positive all in one, but whatever. Um, the I liked the idea of uh, like developing the the field, like controlling combat. Is you had to like strategize. You had to. It was a kind of always a kind of a back and forth between you and the the bosses, for the most part. Uh, where like they do something, you'd have to react to that, and you'd hope that what you're doing is going to work, and uh, going through that. I thought that was interesting. It definitely changed up the formula of uh, the RPG, so that was enjoyable. Um, yep. So I mean, the other really negative I got is uh, the whole not being able to recruit people. Right. Um, so I will give this a four for gameplay. Okay. All right. Um, only, only because like it, I mean, I feel like it could be five, but there is the whole, uh, like, combat really isn't like a so involved type of thing that, um, like I said before, if you're new to the genre, it may put you off, um, or if you're like you just kind of want to get through shit, uh, like maybe you're you're tired of the gameplay for some reason and you just want to experience the story, you you, just, you don't really have the ability to build up your team to be raffle stopping everybody you would just press an x through everything like you can't really do that so to give you a, 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 a story that only you'll understand and nobody listening will understand uh to kind of put how this game appears to new people um it's i don't know what i'm telling because nobody's gonna understand but justine right uh she saw me playing this game and she's seen me play games like ff7 and final fantasy tactics she went and bought a ps1 and this game to play this game she understood how the combat worked, how the element grid worked, and played it just fine. I think it was one of three games she owned for the PlayStation 1. Oh, wow. So, 
I really honestly just think it's for some people and not for other people. I don't think uh, your experience in the genre affects your ability to use the system at all. But that's because I have a skewed perspective because somebody that I knew that didn't play video games fell in love with this game and made him go buy one of those shitty little white PS1s. So. Okay. Well, I, I stand corrected, I guess. So No, I mean, and I don't think you're wrong. It's just I have a skewed perspective on that. And it's really interesting to think of all the games that Justine would have played. Chrono Cross? Really? But hey, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, bonuses, uh, positive and negatives. I'm with you. I like being able to avoid monsters when I'm tired of fighting. But to me, it's not necessarily pointless because... I kind of enjoy the the combat system. I feel it's engaging. I feel it's strategic. Um, I didn't find myself just mashing buttons to hurry up and get through a combat. Um, and to me, the uh, the way the recruitment works was more of a bonus than a negative. It doesn't really bother me that you can't get all the characters in one playthrough because they're not related to getting a specific ending. Now, um, like, because you can really get whoever and the different endings aren't really dependent on that except for some of the bonus new game plus endings. Um, and it always made me feel like, um, I never really had to beat the game to enjoy it. Every time I picked it up, it wasn't one of those titles where I was going to put it in and I knew I was going to play it to the end. I just wanted to go through, Oh, what happens if I don't talk to the mage in the bar? What if I figure out, I, this time I want to figure out how to get the French guy to go with me or you know, the rut or Nikki or what have you. So it kind of changed the way I could play the game. So it was a bonus for me. Uh, negatives. I really feel like, uh, there are points in the game. I, I don't, I feel like a lot of the elements end up being kind of useless. Like, so a lot of the status, uh, inflicting ones the summons you don't really get to use them as often as you want you really get you can use them more towards the end of the game and they become a big part of your strategy towards the end of the game but you start getting them relatively early and they're really hard to really lock down and you find yourself trying to manipulate the grid when maybe that's not the best strategy to be using simply because you have this new powerful summon thing you want to do um you also end up the, the status effects, like, I don't think they're apparent enough as far as what they do to your character. So, what does a burn do? All I know is I'm going in to remove it. Uh, flu, what does that do? I know what they do, uh, you know, because I've played the game long enough. Flu, you can't you can't, uh, you can't can't run. If you have a sprain, you kind of drift on the, the map. Like, there's things that happen to you out of combat with these things. But they're not as apparent as I think they should be. Um... There's, like I said, the, the percentages, I do find, I, I'm with you, I find that kind of kind of trifling. Like, they could have easily included, you know, made that an actual chance to hit instead of your hit versus whatever their defense stats, stats are. So, um, and I also, as far as the variety of characters, why do I only have two characters that can steal in a roster of 50-something fucking characters, I am forced to keep Kid or fucking Fargo in my party simply because I have to steal those stupid plates. Like, if you have 50-something characters, there is no need to only have two of them with text that steal. Um, I really found that just 
just infuriating. So, but uh, for me, I'm going to give gameplay a four as well. Um, there, it does have its faults. Um, I understand how it's not for everybody. Um, even though I, I love it so much, um, it's it's it, it's just not a five. So, All I right. do have one more negative, okay. and that is I. I abhor random stat ups. Okay. And that is what this game is. Like, I prefer if you're if you're gonna like level up a character that you have an idea of what to expect. And like every character does have their like archetype here. Like you got your your fighters, your mages, and whatever. So you can expect them to get more stats there. Uh, but there was a couple fights I went through, and like one or one or two of my characters, it was like Fire Emblem Syndrome all over again. You get you get a quote unquote level up, you get a star, uh, you get like one HP. I'm like, like, uh, what what the fuck? What's the point? Yeah. So that that shit always pisses me off a little bit. Yeah, a lot of that was unclear and kind of vague. But all right, we're gonna take a quick musical break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about story. take this or you want me to do it well uh the i can story of, uh, i can try you could try i i think i have a you... pretty good grasp so i can fill in any blanks um 
Okay, that works for me. Before Nick gets started, I will let you guys know the pacing of the story is atrocious, um, and the information is all over the place, and a lot of the filling of the gaps, the spackling, the you know, the cracks in the wall, all that comes as ginormous text dumps at like (laughs) the last hour of the game. So, you go for it, Nick. All right. So uh, essentially, there's two different stories happening here. There's the story of like the worlds themselves and all the characters you need and things happening there, and then there's the overarching plot of uh, which is which ties back into Chrono Trigger. Uh, so pretty much what happened uh, was I can never remember how to pronounce the name. I think it's Shala. Shala, yeah. Uh, Shala uh, and Lavos, or Shala, Shala was captured by Lavos. Um, and uh they're the time devourer and whatever the hell shit they're doing there and uh so when the original crew kind of defeated them um something happened and the world like the future that like robo came from didn't exist anymore um it like it was like actual an actual future the world was blossoming because there was no lavas the world did not end um and then uh each one of the uh Sages, I think they were called, like Balthazar and the other people went off and did their own thing, and Balthazar went to the future. Uh, and they worked on uh, like trying to fix time, uh, or, like the studying time and make sure all that shit was cool. Uh, and somewhere along the way, they built this, uh, he built this giant computer called Fate. Um, and the goal for this thing, I think, was to just kind of uh, make sure everything was going to go okay like bad stuff wouldn't happen anymore uh ergo the name fate like control everything okay uh, um let me, let me let me step in i'll have you out here okay so that works uh before lamas is defeated these sages are, are they they split off into the this the different parts of wherever um balthazar ends up in the future in the good future um in a place called chronopolis and uh as Lavos is dying in the separation of time and space or whatever, and this is all kind of vague, right? Like, I, I hope no one really, and we'll get to this in a minute, there is no specific way to kind of explain this well, and, and unfortunately I'm, I'm probably going to do a poor job, but he pulls Chronopolis, okay, through time. Okay, to um, the Sea of Eden in the El Nido archipelago. Okay, and the world reacting to Chronopolis being pulled through time pulls Dinopolis, which is this this other timeline where reptiles um, evolved instead of humans because humans only involve evolved because Lavo showed up to begin with. Okay, so we're like these little Lavos-touched uh, ape things, and the true timeline without Lavos is these reptile people. So it pulls Dinopolis back, and there's this, this right in this El Nido archipelago, there's this war that happens. And again, we're talking about story that's all taking place way before the start of the game, uh, to explain even how the game starts. But uh, there's this fight. Fate is created to sort of manage um, time. Like, what happened to this timeline that was destroyed when Chrono and his friends did his thing? And 
when uh oh god this is so ridiculous it, it it's just, also the frozen flame which is part of lavos which is, is in the fight mm-hmm. yeah is is powering powering fate um which we are told that the dragon gods actually have oh god this is this is just oh okay all right so there's this fight they defeat uh chronopolis emerges victorious fate splits the dragon entity uh, the big dragon entity god thing into six elements and creates the element system okay and then seals them into slumber okay um fate also so this is where i get kind of confused because robo is involved somehow and belthazar creates this backup system in the uh fate system called prometheus now if i'm not mistaken i think it's implied that that system is created from robo so the prometheus system is supposed to be robo could be wrong um yeah i'm pretty sure that's what i got from it too so um and the prometheus system is there to kind of be this 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 balance in case fate goes crazy because what fate has done has now terraformed this archipelago it has taken the members and research assistants on this in this chronopolis that are now again in the past because lavos pulled chronopolis to the past and erased their memories and made them the inhabitants of el nido the place where we are um because so all these people that are in the grown up in these islands are descendants of the researchers and people that were in Chronopolis. So take to 10 years before the game starts where Serge and his father Wagasaki, Wagasashi, Wakasaki, I don't know how to say it. Uh, they, they, he was attacked. Serge is attacked by this Panther demon. He's gravely hurt and they are intent. I think it's just Wazuki. Wazuki, okay, whatever. Uh, is their their intention is to get Surge help because he was attacked by this panther demon and make it to the Isle of Marbul, or my yeah, where the demi humans live to get him healed. But there's this uh, electromagnetic storm. I forget who caused it. Like I think it's fate that caused the storm. I don't remember. Um, but where they so they end up led astray and end up at the ruins of Chronopolis. I think it's actually Shala because you heard yeah, it is Shala. Surge's cries. Shala does this. Shala does this from the the dimension beyond time. And god. So when he arrives there hurt, the Prometheus system kicks in and makes him the arbiter of the system and cutting off fate's contact with the eternal flame and she's no longer the fate system is no longer able to access the eternal flame because this prometheus system quote-unquote robo has stepped in and made cert by healing him made him this arbiter the access to the system so that makes fate go all crazy right because fate's got to have it back so fate corrupts corrupts serge's father who would later become lynx and murder in the the true timeline because we find out the timeline that Surge comes from is in fact the wrong timeline is this alternate timeline. He drowns Surge as a kid, and that leads us to well, 
she was hoping, or fate was hoping, that if she killed Surge, the Arbiter system would cease to function and she could regain access to the Eternal Flame. Turns out she was wrong. And that's where she sends Lynx to kidnap Harley, or no, to kidnap Luca, to get Luca to figure it out, because Luca's the genius that Luca is. This is Luca from Chrono Trigger, um, who is running an orphanage. And at this orphanage... There's also, you missed out on uh, I'm, I'm Miguel get... being stuck there, too. Who was like stuck his there? Friend, uh, Miguel, uh, was yeah. it his friend? He yeah. just happened to be along, yeah. and he got stuck there. He gets stuck in this dimensional time... time uh... Chronopolis bullshit. Yes, Chronopolis bullshit. Um, because in the homeworld, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So he gets stuck there. Well, he's stuck there in homeworld. He's not stuck there in another world. Yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, Luca orphanage. Luca orphanage, and there's a kid there named Kid. Okay, and come to find out that Balthazar or Balthanel or whatever his name is has created this huge complex plot to undermine fate that he created and create this alternate timeline but his ultimate goal is to free Shala from her like being part of the remnants of Lavos and becoming this time devourer creature which can destroy all of space time so he makes a clone of Shala who turns out to be Kid. And he sends Kid after she is her family has been murdered and taken from her in the form of her orphanage being burnt down because Luca couldn't figure out how to give fate access to the eternal flame thing or wouldn't, or that's all speculation because I think they just kill her. Um, and she comes in contact with the Balthazar, Balthanel dude, and he sends her back in time to prevent Wazaki before becoming Lynx from killing Surge, creating this split in dimensions, okay? So now we have two dimensions. This is all that takes place before the game, and you have this is all the stuff you find out in the last hour of the game. Because the also, game. there's one thing you missed, and that was miss. during the storm, the dragon gods, because they weren't being controlled by fate anymore, created Harl. Yes, they created Harley, or Harl, or however you pronounce it, I always say yeah, Harley. Yeah, fucking, yeah, Charlie uh, Harley. Uh, as a seventh dragon god, she's the moon, dark moon dragon god thing, um, who sets out to like her mission is to sort of befriend this this humanoid uh interface of fate which is Lynx but also kind of undermine him by helping Surge because the dragons see Surge as a way to reunite across dimensions which is never really explained how the dragons are communicating across dimensions cuz they don't exist in both worlds some of them don't um so that's kind of weird um as a way to defeat fate and free themselves, which of course we do. But uh, that's that's the the game ta- starts off with Surge. He sort of wakes up. He's got. It starts much smaller than that. That is a big like explanation of where the game starts, and I think that's the 
basis of what people end up missing because the game starts with Surge, um, who's just out to make a necklace for his, his wee-bit bitchy girlfriend and ends up getting sucked into this other dimension where he finds out that he's actually dead. He died 10 years ago um, when his father drowned him. <laughs> and uh, so he starts out on this mission to find out why he's here and how to get back. He meets Kid, who, you know, is all about getting revenge on the links of this world. Um, he's sort of informed that, no, 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 this is another dimension entirely. Um, you know, you're this link across dimensions. And it, it you start really this adventure to chase down links and the eternal flame. And that's really act one of the story, is this ramping, there's a bad guy, I have to do this to get home. And when you finally get to this final confrontation at Fort uh, Draconia, Fate's secondary plan kicks in. And Lynx switches bodies with Surge to make it so he can access, like they can use that body as access to the Arbiter system. And... This is where the game gets really, in my opinion, it goes downhill as far as story and pacing. Because it's really this cool two worlds adventure thing up until you become Lynx. And then you're in this other dimension outside of both dimensions. You get put in one of them. You can't traverse anymore because you're not Surge. But you're you're still Surge, just in Lynx's body. And so you go around uh, getting all these relics from each of the dragons uh in order to piece together this new you know this chrono trigger uh or chrono cross the uh, element and gain access to the sea of eden again um where you chase down dark surge you defeat him and you get put back in your body but that's when you sort of come to the realization that the the dragons are the the actual enemies and they reconnect they summon the giant tower of doom and you have to go fight them and then you have to fight the shala slash time devourer thing by playing a song based on the element you're using which i'm kind of cool with I, I like the way the chrono cross element worked um and it made the last boss fight really interesting but the story guys if you can't tell is a convoluted mess. Um, wouldn't you say so, Nick? Uh, I'd say that's an understatement. Um, it's probably one of the most... And see, I'm... Like, I think it's one of the reasons why I stopped playing in the first place, because like, I like playing games for the storyline, and like I think I got to where Link's and Surge switch bodies, and I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck this. Like, I don't know what the fuck is happening anymore. I'm going to play something else. And I probably went back to play Final Fantasy Tactics or some shit. I would, I would, I would think... Alright, so the whole body switch thing, I think would be better if it was shorter. But it's half the damn game you play in Lynx's body. Especially if you're doing some of the secondary stuff as early as you can. Um, it really... It, it really... Like, I'm okay with the whole body switch plot line. But it just takes so long to get over, and it, and like you're you're going from because 
I mean, doing everything you can do up until the point where the body switch happens, it can't be more than 10, 12 hours before you reach that point. And you go from hour 12 to hour 30 as links. And it just goes too long. And the, it gets kind of all over the place because you really have a mission and a direction until the body switch happens. Then you're just like, okay, well, I got to figure out a way to get my body back. I don't really know where he's gone. I think he's in the Sea of Eden in this world. Um, so we need to get there. Oh, how do we get there? We got to get the gifts from all the dragons, but not all the dragons exist here. So we got to portal hop around to, to get all the pieces of the dragons. And it, it really kind of turns into this meandering mess. That's not to say that I don't like it, because I, I like that there are, for almost every question you have about the story, there's an answer. There's a canon answer. And I really dig a story that's complex that I can dig my teeth into. And as a kid, as was a younger me, like, it was even more so, like, ooh, what, is, what does that mean? As an adult, I'm like, okay, this is a little excessive. This is insane. Like, there's a reason I forgot 90% of this before playing it again. Because it is just, it's bonkers. It is bonkers. Um, I feel like uh, like if you were to make a comparison to like Chrono Trigger, like there's a lot of back and forth and time travel in that, and like, but it was all pretty much straightforward. Like okay. you, you get somewhere, you do something, and then you're like, okay, well now we got to go here and do something else and fix that or whatever. Here it's like, yeah, uh, none of the none of the plot is really in your hands like you well they couldn't make it time travel again is the thing they they because yeah. because here that's why you can't make sequels to time travel stories because then you can just go back and fuck with the whole story from the first one again because a sequence of events no longer matter so they still need the sequence of events to matter so time like they're like okay we can't do time travel, so now we have to do dimensional travel, and it it it's just it's it's why you don't do sequels to time travel movies. Um, I don't think there's any. I mean, some people. I mean, I like the second Back to the Future movie, but I don't. I think I'm in the minority on that one. Um, like, it's just why you don't make sequels to time travel stories, because it it only goes one way, and that is insanity. And uh, fair enough. So, I mean, again, I enjoy it. I really do, like, especially the first half. And I enjoy the world. I enjoy the little parts, um, the little stories, um, like the whole Dario subplot, the Masamun subplot, uh, the Master Moon or whatever it ends up being. Um, There's a bunch of these subplots that I really enjoy. And I enjoy sort of if I can look back at what the story is I could say I could like it but if I were to give it like for substance and complexity sure it would rate high but for for the for the, the delivery it it's, sucks. It's, it's so terrible and it, it feels like at some point somebody came in and said because uh, uh, what is it motto what's what's the dude that did the, the story um Kato, Mato, I can't remember his name. Shit. Uh, Sato Kato? 
Yeah, I think that's it, Kato. They're like, bro, um, this game can't be six, uh, six discs long, so we gotta wrap it up, cause it really feels like that's what they did. It's like the the game has to end some point. It's you know, it's a Star Trek episode. It's a Stephen King novel where it's just build up, build up, build up. Oh, we gotta tie up in a bow and leave. <laughs> like it's just, oh, we gotta get out of here, uh, kind of thing, and that's. And that's unfortunate, really, um, because it starts off so cool, and I really dig a lot of a lot of the lot of the subplots here. Um, I really do, and the idea of the uh, what happens to the the energy and existence from this dead timeline, and how does that how does uh, because Lavos is the big threat and trigger, right? Where Lavos is the big bad. And in reality, humanity and what they become is the villain in the second, in Chrono Cross. Because without them, you know, we wouldn't have had the dragons come back and try and destroy everything as a reaction. Because the game essentially tells us that humans weren't meant to exist on this world. And that they they are doing damage <laughs> in every perceivable way. And the dragons are the planet's reaction to that. So I don't necessarily view us as the good guys, really. We don't come out on top. And to speak on the, the ending, I guess, because, it, you know, you said it's kind of left up to our interpretation. I think he's just put back in his other dimension. And the other dimension, uh, which we didn't talk about earlier, when they stopped surge from getting killed they restore the lavos timeline don't know how but they do so the 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 home world surge's home world the future is doomed like lavos will erupt in the year 1999 and destroy that world um so that's a thing but yeah so uh man yeah it's also like search saves the world or whatever or does whatever he does and then he just promptly gets amnesia and forgets all of that yeah i didn't pick up on him having amnesia like like i understand that that's a story point but having just beat it yesterday uh and saw the good ending like he's like he's asking lena who shows up questions about where the tower is and the dragon god and the time devourer. And she's like, you seem confused. Let's carry you home. Like that doesn't t mean to me that he got amnesia. It means no one else knows what happened. Like he was uh, reset. Yeah, fair enough. And that's so, but it's out there that everybody says he's got amnesia and I don't understand why. Like I just saw that dialogue yesterday and to me, it doesn't ring as the fucker doesn't remember anything. Like he was, he was reset. Um, he's fixed the other the other realm, so he was sent back to to what you know his timeline. So again, convoluted mess, but I like it, and I don't know why. It's objectively bad. I will tell you that. Like it's not the best, um, but and how many endings are there? Uh, seven? No, eleven. There's eleven endings. Um, only two of them are like primary story endings. All the other ones are weird, you know, new game plus fighting the final boss at a certain point in time kind of stuff. Like, uh, you know, there's the ones where, 
you know, it's just uh, where there's one where Kid becomes the the general of the the dragoons, and she leads them on to to attack and conquer the main continent. Um, there's one where uh, Surge stays in Lynx's body and becomes the chief of Marbule. Uh, there's, uh, oh man, like there's, there's one where, where they all just join Nikki's band and they just continue on as, as members of Nikki's band. Uh, they're just a bunch of weird ones. You know, I've, I've gone and witnessed quite a few of them. Um, but they're not, they're not relevant to anything. Just like some of the alternate ones in Chrono Trigger are just silly. Uh, you know, what happens to the world when, when uh, the boss is uh, defeated before his time. So, um, yeah, so I guess give me some, some positives, some negatives, and, uh, and give me a score. All right, uh, positives. The little subplots, all the little mini-stories between all the characters and everything like leading up to the overarching plot, uh, I thought were really handled really well. Um, I really enjoyed learning about the different characters, um, and uh, it kind of influenced who I used a little bit because I, if I liked the way a character was more, I'd use them in my party more or whatever stuff like that. Uh, as opposed to other games where if I I, like, I just like the look of a character, I'd use that character. Um, so that was that was kind of a nice change for me. Um, yeah, I'm not even gonna touch the overarching plot because. Uh, it's really hard to. I'm not, I'm not even gonna like. I guess I c- kind of appreciate that they tried to tie it back into Chrono Trigger, um, but the whole like uh, Balthazar being like, "Yes, everything happened exactly how I planned it. I'm a master Machiavellian schemer, dude." I'm like, okay, whatever. That's not really realistic. But it's because a game. because then it negates your effectiveness as a hero. Is all it yeah, is. Yeah, like, like, like I mean. you, you learn that, and it becomes it removes any sense of urgent like urgency you have as a character, well, because me... nothing is done of your own choosing. It, yeah. It's being like God touched, and God being like, "This is your path. Uh, walk it," and you walk the path, and uh, like so, it makes it less. Uh, your your party is the heroes of the story, and more just uh, Balthazar's hero of the story. Yeah, and let me let me ask you this. So when when you had the choice to save kid, did you save kid or not? I will tell you I did uh I did not. Okay, cuz you wanted Glenn, right? Yes. All right. So like it's so much so it just everything's predetermined for you that since you if you don't help kid, some quote unquote mysterious stranger shows up with the hydra humor just in time to cure her. Like what is that? What is that? It's a uh, plot armor. How do you give a character that kind of plot armor in a video game? That's ridiculous. It's also just one of those things that shows like anything you do is meaningless. It because is because it's already it's already fated to happen or whatever. So specifically in a game where fate isn't like a thing. Like fate is a concept in the Chrono universe. Like it's explicitly state never mind just it's fine continue positives and negatives i mean same thing is where you can refuse to let kid join you and then you get to terminate and and she's still there yeah she's like all right i guess we're doing this now right yeah okay yeah i guess so i guess i I don't like you but i guess i'm stuck with you great yeah 
fantastic. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it is what it is. Like for negatives, the plot, it's just you get introduced to the thing, like the whole actual plot too late. Uh, the whole Link's shit sucks, like you said. Uh, like I fell up into that point. Like the game was like like you said, it was it was good. it's hitting its stride. Everything's good, and then it all becomes abruptly just kind of crashing down. And uh, like it's it suffers for it, unfortunately. Um, I feel like they could have done it differently and done it better, uh, not do so much te- text dumps. But it, it is what it is. It's all right. Everybody, apparently everybody loves it. So whatever. What are you gonna give the the? Not everybody loves it. Like all the reviews well, but... and stuff. I was past couple days. Like they, everybody absolutely hates it. So. Uh... I meant like review score wise and all yeah, that. I mean, critically, shit. critically, yeah. Because a lot of the critics are like, oh, you don't, it's not a sequel, guys. Like, don't pay attention to the effect. It is a sequel. You obviously didn't beat it. Um, well, yeah, the issue with like most critical reviewers is they don't actually play the game. Like, they play like the first 10, 15 uh, hours of it or whatever. And they're like, yeah, it's whatever. This is this is my review. I'm going to go play my next one that I'm being forced to play for my job or whatever. Yes. Uh, like I'm sure there are some reviewers or some people out there that are actually care about the games. They care about playing them. That's great, but they aren't mainstream. Mainstream media has never been about that. It's been about like it's a Square Enix product. Of course, it was going to get 90s, hundreds. Yeah. And that's what it is. That is what it is. So uh, I'm giving the story a three. All right. Um, for me, uh, you know. Like I said, I really enjoy a lot of the subplots. Like. Uh, I think the world is really cool. Um, like the idea of like combining the powers of the six dragons, like these kind of tropey fantasy adventure things I'm really into. I'm really into the idea of like the duality of the worlds that you can, you can see the differences and the things that have happened as a result of various actions between the two worlds. Um, and sort of like the, back mesh of that slowly uh, not slowly but becoming unfolded and you sort of see um fate's hands and everything um i'm really okay with a lot of that delivery atrocious and if you do play through where you refuse kid right off the bat in order to recruit lena and then choose not to save her again um later then you spend so much of the game, like, rescuing Kid, and there's no real time to grow attached to her. Um, and it's just, there's so much rescuing of Kid that it drives me crazy. And even if you do spend that time with her, she's not that really compelling of a character, only to find out that she's some royal clone thing, and then they merge back. Oh, God, it's... That kid's plot is just too much for me. Um, I oh, I will say also one thing: how if everybody's grown up in these islands together and that's where everybody's from, how the fuck does every almost everybody have different accents and shit? Like what the yeah, fuck? and that's that's what I was gonna really get to. You would think, I mean, while you do have some special dialogue with some characters in certain areas, um, depending on their you know where they're at in the world or whatever. Most of them, all of them, uh, just have generic responses for story events, and they are altered by a dialect code or generator that they programmed in to affect their speech with R's and W's and 
frangless or this weird French English thing or whatever. So you don't actually get a lot of outside of their specific little plot lines. You don't get a lot of story and nothing in this world. Uh, in the game playthrough of this game made me more upset than when you have to figure out a way to fly to the tower. The answer is this ridiculous little alien character who I'm fine with little recruitable cutesy characters, but do not make finding his ship sunken in the El Nido Triangle a major plot point that allows us to fly. Like, that was stupid. Stupid as shit. Like, out of all the, the stupid, stupid things this thing does in the story, the little alien creature taking the, that whole story was ridiculous. Like, oh, we gotta figure out how to fly to the Dragon Tower. We gotta fly, figure out how to fly to the Dragon Tower. Oh, so we'll go down here, fight the stupid jellyfish boss to get his ship. Oh, so we're going to fly an alien spaceship to the thing. No, no, he's going to get the engine out of it. And then he's got to he's just going to put it on the on your on your canoe boat and you can fly that. What? 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 You're kidding. You're kidding. Oh my god. All right. Fine. I'm scoring it. I'm going to give it a 3 cuz we've played worse. There's substance here. It's and it's most, for the most part, some pretty cool substance. It just all comes down to delivery, man. They just do such a shitty job of presenting the information to us. Um, story is its its weakest point of the entire game, I would say. So, all right, we're going to take another musical break. and we come back, we're going to talk about some more shite. Cross comes late in the PlayStation cycle, right? So 
we have high expectations as far as visuals are concerned. Uh, we got some awesome uh, pre-rendered backgrounds, right? That's a thing. Uh, yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, I think we need more pre-rendered backgrounds in our lives. Uh, it's that's it's an art farm that that makes me so sad. Isn't isn't on display anymore. Um, so I think uh, the pre-rendered backgrounds are awesome. What do you think about all the character designs? Because uh, we had so many. I'm like, do you think they're um, all across the board? I mean, they did they did a, did a pretty good job of keeping everybody unique looking. Okay. Um, like there wasn't really any repeats of character designs, if I recall correctly. Like, uh, like other games that have characters that may look similar, like wear a similar uniform, something like that. Mm-hmm. These are all pretty unique and identifiable in that way. Uh, but there are some weird ass ones. Like, and there's always weird ass ones in every game. Though I'm always like, does anybody actually use this character? Like yeah. the alien dude. I'm like, uh, not really my cup of tea. Yeah, they had a lot of small slash cutesy characters like like you had like Poshkel who the fuck uses the dog well like... uh not actually bad like he's actually um pretty useful like he gets a pretty high uh he has a pretty high health curve um and does fairly well as like a like a meat shield his physical attack's pretty decent so he's not like among like the bottom tier like I would say he's upper middle tier as far as usefulness, but, uh, he definitely looks stupid and talks even worse. So, uh, but yeah, they had a lot of those cutesy characters like Starkey Turnip, really. I mean, Neo Fio, at least Pip like changes and does cool stuff, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I just stuck with the, uh, human characters like they normally do um so if we're gonna have to pick some of our favorite characters design wise like that we thought looked the coolest might not use them of course uh i like both skelly and mojo i don't really use them um i think like the skeleton clown aesthetic is pretty cool um i like uh fargo's design i like a lot of you know when you're standing around like he's just puffing the cigar which is kind of a badass uh, you know, um, any of that really stand out for you? Uh, the luchador dude. I'm like, why is there a luchador in, uh, uh Greco? Greco is kind of yeah. like, I wish Greco was better. Like, uh, like my first playthrough, I got him and I just want to use him so bad. Cause he's a luchador, man. Like, come on. Like that deals with spirits. I don't know. It's really weird. Uh, so that, that's, that's cool. Greco. Any others that stand out for you? Uh, I did like Leah, who kind of looks like Ayla from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I thought that was a nice uh, callback to that. Even though uh, her, but, uh, did you see like her, her little tailspin is so stupid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it can't be perfect. Looks like she's spraying uh, on him. Yeah, I like my favorite characters are Glenn and Guile. Yeah. Well, so. the Guile character was originally intended to be Magus, but they thought Magus's backstory was too complex to fit into the game, so they changed the character into Guile. If uh, yeah, I was reading about that, something about like they originally weren't going to have that many characters, and then they're like, well, they kept adding characters, and like, well, we don't have time to fit his 
like plot into this. So yeah, so they okay, new it. character, which is fine because I think like the gambler magician, like he's he's kind of like Magus meets Gambit almost, which is cool. Um, you know, like the in all the like portraits are super detailed and super. Um, I don't know. They're they're they they really kind of. I'm just well done. Like the character, because I like the, the the tall character portrait, which is unusual because we normally have like a square. But when you go in like the party menu, there are those the thin but tall across the the interface there, which is really striking. Like when you when you open up the menu system, it's just like boom. Um, yeah, really visceral and really awesome. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it, so um, yeah, I, I like how Glenn's sort of uh, his battle posture changes when you get the two um the two einhauser swords uh you know he goes from you know sort of really holding the the shield in his forearm out to doing the double post because especially uh garai's model like when you fight garai that's a badass looking dude uh even though that fight isn't nearly as difficult as the dario fight is but um they all look pretty good uh, the character designs across the board. Thumbs up from me. What yeah. about what about enemy designs? Do you think the enemy designs look good? Are they a little funky for you? How'd you feel? Um, they were okay. Like I'm sure the graphics at the time were pretty good. Like yeah. I guess I remember them being pretty good. Um, obviously they're dated. Like they still look okay. There's some weird ass ones like the uh, like that sun face thing that you fight yeah. in the fort. Like what the fuck is that? Uh, it's actually kind of creepy now. Like it's just like, huh, what is that? Mm. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, it's it. I mean, we're talking about the early days of 3D guys. Like the early days of 3D are hard. Like they just don't age well, and you really kind of kind of take them in their place because I mean, it would be, you know, it's it's new steps into a brave new world, and everybody wanted to do the the 3d thing instead of, you know, maybe waiting until the hardware was, was fully there for what we needed. But, you know, I, I I think when you get into battle, everything kind of looked fine for most, most of it. Um, especially like some of the, the character models and spell animations and that kind of stuff all worked when you kind of zoomed away from them, like some of the towns and especially the overmap, you're like, I don't really know what I'm looking at. Um, that happened a lot, but uh, enemy designs for me, the most part, were pretty cool. Uh, there were a little, so there were some definitely weird ones, for sure. Um, but there always are uh, the. Uh, but for me, I really enjoyed the distinct, different dragon designs. What about you? Um, I thought that was pretty cool but I, I feel like a lot of games that have dragons try to mix them up and how they look um i mean i guess but like a lot of them like the ones in this game they felt like really large departures from what we get from from different dragons because i mean they're always of course different colors like if you do different colors and like they might like a lot of you see a lot of them go kind of like all right well how many wings does it have how metallic is it like a lot of variations on that um I think in here specifically the the blue dragon, the green dragon, and the yellow dragon just look so different. Like I don't see a lot of dragons in video games that look like any of them. Um, 
I mean, because of course the shadow dragon, the sky dragon, and and the red dragon all kind of looked very JRPG dragon to me. Because uh, I mean, you got the the water dragon looked kind of blue and fairyish, and then the green one looked like just a mean toad with sharp teeth. Um, so I mean, uh, to me, I, I really enjoyed them. They were they were a little different for me. Uh, do you have a favorite um, a favorite boss design, like a, a boss you thought looked the coolest? Uh, not, in, like, not, in, like, the new game playthrough, like, Slash looks pretty cool, if you mm-hmm. do the game plus playthrough. Well, you can get um, to Slash without going into new game plus, you can access him after you fight the Dragon God before you go into the Time Devourer. I think. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Okay, well. Pretty sure. Yeah, he's probably my favorite design. Like, the ones where you just fight, like, a, a regular character kind of disappointed me. Yeah, I mean... Because like, it's, like, just it's nothing special with it, but... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. understandable. Um, I thought the Wingapede looked pretty cool. Um, like I said, I like the dragons. I like the dragon god design, like the giant floating larva thing. The Time Devourer was kind of disappointing after that to me uh as far as design and aesthetics are concerned uh did you have uh any favorite like zones or towns or areas that you thought just looked cool or any that you thought looked terrible um i felt like the uh i was tired of going through the Dragonia Fortress. They go through it like three times, right? Like in the beginning, and then when you do the links and start switch over, and then. Well, you only do a tiny part of it when you go in the dream sequence at the beginning. And then when you go the last time after you've got the dragon tier, like you don't have to do any of the puzzles unless you really want to go get the elements and stuff. But at that point, you should have more than enough. Like you don't really need to go putzing around uh, i'm aware of that but i just don't like revisiting places i guess yeah no well then this, lazy to me, but... this whole game must have hurt you then because it's all it is yeah revisiting same places like the amount of times you have to like go back and forth between homeworld and alternate world and like fucking done yeah um i liked the both the isle of the damned and the uh divine dragon falls like those areas with the caves and rock faces that essentially formed faces with the hollowed out eyes and you know sort of spooky 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 looking kind of stuff like i thought was all really cool looking um so just in general i thought everything like uh, a lot of it was really bright really vibrant uh really interesting to look at for the most part, like the, the, uh, ocean aesthetic. So where like everything kind of looked like it was like a part of a reef almost. Um, I really enjoyed that sort of theme across the whole thing. So in general, what's that? Listen, the game is definitely beautiful. Like it's hard to argue that. Certainly, certainly. So, um, anything you want to add that didn't work for you or worked for you and then give me a score. Um, I guess I'll say, I feel like there's a lot of the bosses are humanoid, uh, like bipedal type things. And 
like I guess that's okay uh but I guess I would have preferred a little bit more variety and I guess it's really just nitpicking uh because the like the visuals I'm gonna give it a five because they're pretty phenomenal yeah um I thought there was enough variety in monsters you're right a lot of the bosses are are essentially other people but again I was having a good time so it only added to the good time so it's it's also going to get a five from me now um music uh the composer is Yasunori Matsuda and we talked pre-show a little bit about how uh this game is it's it's a little it's not your style of music now I don't necessarily I don't put words in your mouth I'm not going to say that you're going to say it's bad but I'm going to go right here out here and say this is probably one of if not my favorite OST period um this just the soundtrack in general is is gorgeous it's it's personal there are there are small pieces like it's it's hardly ever more than you know, like a piano a guitar and a woodwind like it's it's a th- like three piece setups almost all the way across and they are so they're so personal like they're 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 emotional they're gripping and i i just i my my finish time on my save when i finished this game because i did everything mind you i did everything as possible and i did a lot of it early early as possible as soon as i could get in there and do it like i had the i had the master moon as links like i was i was doing shit way early and um when i was done on the i finished it yesterday on the hour trip i had home today that's all i did was listen to the ost i wasn't tired of it like i has already been 60 hours in this game and still wanted to listen to more so um, the first pick I have, uh, this played after the gameplay segment earlier, is Time Scar. Now, th- this is the song that plays during the intro vid, which, I mean, I could play, if I played it now, like, I'd want to go and start that new game plus that I just saved. Like, I, it would get me so pumped to play again. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a build-up action type piece, and it starts off real slow, but sort of is it just personifies this this quiet island life that Serge is leading, and he just gets pulled into this interdimensional crazy time adventure with dragons and and time travel and dimensional travel and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I love it. Uh, as far as the second pick, the one after the story segment, what did you pick? Um, I picked Drowning Valley. Okay. Um, this one, fuck, we talked about it. It's, uh, Fossil Valley, I believe, is where this right. place Yeah, yeah. So, um, I picked this song mainly, um, because when I was listening to it, I, I know, I'm like immediately felt, I guess, attracted to it. Um, and I'm not really into this kind of music, like Brent said, but it's got like a, like it almost reminds me of like Legend of Mana, sure. Um, and it's like a light kind of uh, story book kind of feeling to it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just uh, I may have lingered on the uh, over 
field a little bit just to listen to the song. So that's always a good sign for me. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a good choice. Um, next up, the the one that will play after this segment here is Kids Theme, or The Girl Who Stole the Stars on the OST. Um, it is... It's sad, it's longing, um, yet proud. Um, there's this this sampling of voices like this la this la la la. Um, I found myself um, like kind of humming or, or you know um, sounding out the song underneath my breath when I would be around the house like doing chores after after playing the game. It's it's catchy. It's uh, it's that 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 slow without being melancholy it's it's longing it's it's hopeful um which is something um that the composer took a lot from it's a what did i what did i read it's a it's a portuguese guitar style that was popularized by by sailors it's supposed to embody like the longing of the sea so a lot of the guitar pieces in this the the quiet um that quiet, slow, melodical um, guitar they use. It's this uh, Portuguese sort of uh, guitar style. I wish I had taken the name down in the notes, um, but a lot of a lot of that, a lot of folky kind of kind of stuff in here. So that'll be up after this segment. And the last bit that we'll play after we talk about replayability. What did you pick? Um, I picked Naval of the World, which is where uh, Guy's Naval is, your favorite place. Oh, God, this is the nightmare fuel for me. Uh, I mainly picked it because it's one of the more upbeat songs. Uh, and it's the only song that, when I was listening to it, it gave me chills, which is how I know I really like a song. Okay. And that's pretty much uh, the reason I picked it. All right. So, um... Another thing I'd like to just mention about the OST um, before we move on, I'll let you score it, is there are the pieces for the different places are different in each world. And sometimes that difference is dramatic, and sometimes it's very, very uh, minute, but it completely changes how the song is perceived. Um, so after you guys have listened to this review, if you're really interested, li- listen to the different two, uh, the two different Arnie themes, um, to get completely different takes on, um, that place. Like it, 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 it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's super thoughtful. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm giving it a five, man. Uh, what do you have to say about the, the OST as a whole, what you like, what you don't like and give it a score for me. Um, I think the OST is a whole really, really good. It, uh, there's no song that I felt that was out of place anywhere in the game. Um, I mean, the sound design itself was fantastic. Uh, a lot of the spells and the effects and everything uh, sounded good. The attacks and uh, everything sounded great. Uh, I really have no complaints. I'm giving it a five. All right. So let's take that quick musical break. After we come back, we're going to talk about overall experience and replayability.
All right, so like I say, every time on this show, um, overall experience for me is an expectations versus reality type of thing. Um, and did I, when I came out, did I feel good about my time spent and did I have fun? And the answer, um, and as this goes is yes. Like, uh, there are, I was more aware of Chrono Cross's faults this time around than I was when I played it when I was younger, but it did not dampen my experience one bit i had a tremendous amount of fun playing this game um i fell right back into the combat system the element system i was i was uh going on the recruitathon with 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 fervor i was i was getting all the rainbow shells i was doing everything i could in the game and it never felt like a grind it never felt like um a chore uh at all um, and I, I procrastinated a lot. Like I got in the middle of a lot of stuff, um, extraneous to this game. And I ended up, I ended up really just playing and beating it over the last month instead of the three months almost we gave ourselves to play the game. I, I crammed in 60 hours in, in a month. So I really, I just, I couldn't put it down and I was coming home at the end of the day and all I wanted to do was play Chrono Cross. Like it was, it was, I was in it. And like I said, I was, I, this time I'm way more aware of its faults, uh, and its storytelling and some of the, the weird gameplay choices. Um, you know, I can kind of realize the, the bulk, the bog that is the, the, the roster in this game, but I just, it has, it has a level of charm. It has a level of, um, just, there's an essence to it that's completely separate from my nostalgia. I just, I could, I love this game. And I, I told, I told Nick this time, you know, I did everything. I did my final save was like 57 hours and God, if they re-release this game with trophies, I am just going to be fucked. Like, I am just going to have to do it. It's going to be one of those titles that I'm just going to have to just go get a Platinum on when it came out. Just like just like I did for FF7, I had to go get the Platinum for the stupid re-release of that game. Even though I beat it a million times, like, this will be the same. So, um, yeah, overall experience for me is a 5. Nick, what do you have to say about your overall experience in the game? Um, I came into this uh, expecting to hate it because I remember just not liking it. and I But I couldn't quite remember why um but after giving it a playthrough again and giving it a, a real chance like i don't remember like i said i think as a kid i just something happened in the story and i was like fuck it and i got some other game to play and i went and played it instead and then uh never came back to it um but having been able to get through it uh, and being an adult, having a better understanding of the world and the storyline and everything, uh, I did enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I can't say that I'm a fan of the battle system. I, don't, I understand like it's, it is what it is, and it's not like bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever played, uh, but it's definitely not my preference. So um, I don't know if I'll play it again. Maybe if it comes out. We may re-release it. It's got trophies, like Brent said. I might play it on the trophies again. But uh, as it stands, I'm pretty much I've played it. I'm good. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll give it a four. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, replayability on this one, I think, is where we're going to. I mean, 
Hi. It's it's really hard for me to say that because see here's the deal for me since the character recruitment isn't tied to any particular ending and if you save right before you do the boss fight you all you have to do is that boss fight again differently to get the good ending so but knowing that it's a chrono game and there are these different endings I can get from playing um, the new game plus and ending it differently and that even without a new game plus just starting a new game i can play the game and follow different paths and see different things um simply based on like who i get to choose to break into viper manor with me or whether or not i want to go dimension hopping to kill a hydra to save kid um those things made the game then and now like even though now I can go online and find a guide or follow a walkthrough or whatever. Um, I still feel like that leaves me with a sense of there's always more I could do without necessarily feeling incomplete by completing the game the first time. Like I still, I still feel the satisfaction for completing the game the second time, but there's still a drive of I wonder what I missed, didn't see by playing it this way. So to me, the game's infinitely replayable. Um, there's tons of new stuff you can do. There's different ways to do it. There's different characters you can use. Because like I said, while there are these like tiers of usefulness, um, I would say there's no there's no party comp that's going to just wreck you unless you're doing something like going up against uh, a black an innate black uh, black colored boss with all like white innate characters. Like that's probably a bad plan. Like. Uh, because if they get off a really big AOE spell, you're screwed. Like everybody's just getting one shot. You might you might be able to melee him really fast down, but it just doesn't sound like a sound strategy to me. And you know, like the the battle system does sort of allow you to try different different things. So for me, five replayability. What do you have to say about replayability and score it for me, Nick? Um, I mean, there's not much else I can say. Uh, I've got the same look uh, at it as you do. You can try the different paths, get the different characters, uh, and get the different endings. Um, and, I mean, there, there is a lot of, like, interaction within the game itself, like, visiting different towns, different characters. Like, maybe just see what the different characters say with their different accents or whatever. You occasionally may get a different response with different characters. Um, like, I know, actually, if you bring, like, different characters to... Shit, the place where they look at the... Uh, the frozen flame, like they all say something specific to them. So if you really uh, have a, well, I guess if you technically save before that and then just uh, swap the characters out with the chrono uh, or the tele teleportator thing, mm -hmm. um, if you really want to look at that stuff. But there is uh, there is an argument to replay this game to actually see things you have not seen before. So I have to give it a five. Okay. Uh, unlike other games where you, you just replay it to just replay it. All right. Yep. So uh, we're going to take a last musical break with the Naval of the World. And when we come back, we got listener questions.
Alright, so this one, we got actually quite a few questions from Discord here, and one little quick review. So, uh, first up, we have a question from Skizrex. Skithrex, Skith, Schism. Uh, how many characters out of the enormous, ca enormous cast did you wind up actually using, Nick? Um, aside from the times where, like, you had your party switched out, like, so you were talking end game, I'm assuming, right? No, I guess just in general. Like, I mean, other than the ones you're forced to use, like, I mean, what did you kind of, did you end up cycling a lot, or did you kind of stick with, with a, with a, a core group? Uh, I pretty much stuck at the core group. I tried to have uh two melee or more like melee leaning characters and a magical character at all times if I could. Um, uh, except the times we need somebody to steal shit, which uh, is almost the entirety of Link's part of the game. Yeah, so uh, I'd say I probably used maybe about eight characters overall. Okay, did you have a did you have a favorite, say four? Um, yeah, I liked. Oh, I mean, you had to have Surge, uh, Glenn, uh, Guile. I liked Fargo a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, me, I you know. This time, I kind of just was, especially as I was going through areas where I knew there would be a lot of a particular type of color, like, I always had far, like, uh, so in the beginning, you know, I kept telling Kid to fuck off, so I actually didn't have Kid a lot in my party um, through the beginning of the game, so I was kind of just using whoever was the strongest at the time, of course, once I got Glenn, Glenn stayed in the party, through Lynx's thing i was switching out a lot like uh one of the the guides i kept going back and looking at kept like having like karsh in his party and all this other stuff and uh i didn't really do that you know i um i kept fargo around to steal dragon plates uh but other than that you know just kind of trying out different characters like see what they did um in some of these areas just just for shits and gigs so um i didn't really stick with any my final party though of course was Surge, Kid, and Glenn with the double sword, just because, um, you know, if you mess up that that final boss sequence and you decide to fight it out, you you got to be ready for that. So, uh, you know, just had them around. It's for some of that late game farming and doing stuff because I don't know, they're just the better. Uh, also, how many times did you miss with a ninety nine percent chance? hit attack not that often for me how did it how did it go for you um i think it felt like it was more than it actually was because like you don't really take notice of the times that you hit mm -hmm. uh but you you definitely notice when you miss so it's probably i don't know like a normal amount of time i didn't very like i really didn't try to hit with 99 attacks very much uh like i would do like I, I, I kind of hedge my hedge my bets on a, the tier three at the heavy attacks. Yeah. Uh, more often than not, because uh, why not? Well, and the damage is exponential. So, like a three attack isn't necessarily three times a one attack. It's actually more than that. Yeah. So it's you gotta like you gotta gamble a little bit. The one um, I like, I I very rarely like missed a three attack i was missing tons of two attacks though like if i was just kind of going through and i wanted to do the the one two three combo which is i guess statistically probably the best because you have the highest likelihood of hitting down the line and doing the most average damage like when i hit i'd always hit the first attack and then i would always like i felt like i missed that second attack in that 82 to 87 percent range all the time 
it was a pain in the ass. Um, but I'm the uh, 99% ones I, I hit just fine. Uh, Kujo asks, Glenn, best character? No, that's why we removed him from the show. What do you think? Uh, I mean, he's probably not the best character. Uh, he is pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, he's probably got some of the, the, the next to the protagonist best, uh, attack ability. Like, you know, it's just his strength and attack probably can get the highest next to the main character. His elemental grid's okay. Um, it's not the best. It's better than Karsh's, so, who is also probably the next in line as far as, like, physical attacker. Um... But, I mean, you don't have to use him. Like, I, I don't think he's as big a deal as everyone says he is. Um, I only really got him this time because as a kid, I always felt super guilty about fucking leaving kid to die. So, I never really got him as a kid. So, um, how many hours did it take you? I already answered that. How many did it take you? Uh, I think it was like 35. That's pretty standard. Like, if you're just going place to place to do the thing. Um... Skiz brings back with some favorite boss. Do you have favorite boss? Um, like favorite, like design wise, or, or I guess it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to to fight to to look at to bone. Okay. Uh, I mean, not really. I like fighting Link because of his type. Yeah, yeah, I think he has a cool like design to him. Yeah, but uh, I don't really have a favorite. All right, um, I like I actually really like the mechanic for getting the good end ending with the final boss, like the idea of uh, like learning the tones they played and then playing them back and then using the Chrono Cross element. Um, I thought was really interesting. Um, so uh, that's that's really cool. Oh oh. And how easy was this game to masturbate to? Nick? Uh, as usual, 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I mean... Amazing. I don't know. Like, not not really. They're, they all look like they were 12, and that doesn't work for me anymore, so... Look at this grass on the field, man. Yeah, well, it just don't work for me anymore. Um, uh, C10 asks, uh, guess my question would be, what's your favorite track from the OST? Uh, I think we already answered that. My one's probably Scar in Time. Or Time Scar. What's yours? Uh, probably Naval of the World. All right. Uh, Kujo asks, did anyone get the true ending, the good ending? Uh, it's. I got it, and I don't really necessarily would say it's... Because it, all it is is more scenes than the, like, just beat the boss the regular way. And it's not even really that many more scenes. Like, you get, um, like, the journal scene, I think, is different. And there's one other piece I don't remember, but it's not, it's not really groundbreak, like, earth-shatteringly different, if you ask me. But I got it. What about you? Uh, yeah, I went through the hassle of doing it. Um, like you you kind of have to if you're going to be playing it, I feel like, the one yeah. time. Yeah. Um. C-Tan comes back with anybody. Did anyone actually give a fuck about anyone else but Kid, Harley, and Surge? Um, yeah. Obviously, fuck those characters. Because Kid is whatever. I mean, I just kept telling her to fuck off for most of the game. I didn't really actually get to play her for any period of time until, like, 
the end. And Harley, I found underwhelming as a character in my party. Like, as soon as I could take her out, I did. Um, with the exception, like, I don't think I replaced her with Sprig. Like, I waited till I had enough party so I didn't have to use her or Sprig. Um, but uh, just, you know, I don't really care for any of the characters that have a tech that is uh, a healing or buff kind of tech. That's why I didn't use Riddle a lot, because Riddle actually has probably some of the, like, the potential for some of the highest magic score in the game, but I don't like her techs at all. Um, I didn't care for Harley's either, and I knew she would leave eventually, so she can fuck off. Um, and Surge is a protagonist. How do you feel about Surge as a protagonist? Um, I guess kind of like I said before, like, it, he goes from, like, being a protagonist to being like the uh right in the maze kind of thing yeah so i kind of uh i guess i guess it should have lowered my uh opinion of him a little bit because really nothing that he did wouldn't have been done anyway as we've seen by kid being healed um i mean overall like he had to do what he had to do like to get empowered by uh the dragons to be able to fight the time arrow and all that kind of shit but um like, throughout the whole game, I didn't really feel any kind of connection to the dude. I mean, like, he was okay as a protagonist, I guess. Yeah, like, he's definitely... Like, a, uh... I didn't care that he was alive and he died before, because, like, they... Like, I, didn't, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, he's definitely a silent protagonist. I don't know if he's, if he's an effective silent protagonist. Um... One point I'd like to make about the story that I, I kind of felt this time around as far as uh, Surge goes, and I didn't mention it earlier, but um, the way the cast of characters work, the roster works, and with Surge, like, the whole game, for me, feels really lonely, especially for Surge, um, because, like, while Kid is a shitty character... She appears to be the only one that kind of truly sympathizes with where he is and why he's there, at least on playthroughs where you don't constantly kick her to the curb. Um, where everyone else, it's kind of like he needs allies and he helps them more than they'll ever help him kind of thing. Like it feels like a really lonely uh solo kind of thing like he's surrounded by people but could never be any more alone than he is now and I, I think the sad longingness of most of the music adds to that and I don't know like that part I felt to me was pretty powerful but as a protagonist I think he looks goofy with his stupid swimming trunks and bandana and his weapon's okay looking. It's kind of cool. But, uh, and I spent more game with a portrait that looked like a cat man than I did with Blue Haired Surge. So, as a protagonist, I feel like he's um, pretty ineffective. Um, but I did want to make that point about the story that I uh, forgot to mention earlier. Um, so, yeah. And then we have a quick review here from Anderson. He said, Hey, I never did finish Chrono Cross. Ultimately, I found it lacking. The gameplay is alright. Nothing really special. 
Uh, I never really tried too much to match up colors. I didn't feel like I needed to. The stories seem weak, at least to me, after about eight hours of playtime. I ended up checking a wiki online to make sure I correctly understood it. The music is so damn good, I think it's the strongest thing this game has going for it. And I can see a decent replay value for it, trying to get all the characters for another ending. But I couldn't stop comparing it to Chrono Trigger, which is better in almost every way. Too bad this game has Chrono in its name, or I think people wouldn't have been so harsh on it when it came out years ago. Alright, well, he's not wrong in that I think it uh, two, two people come at it with this I need Chrono Trigger 2.0. Because um, I think if it was Chrono Trigger 2.0, they probably would have called it Chrono Trigger 2 uh, instead of Chrono Cross. But again, it it is almost a direct sequel. It's it is very very much related to Chrono Trigger and the story of Chrono Trigger. Um, I would say that Chrono Trigger is a better game. Objectively, uh, the soundtrack in this is way better. In this, I think some of the the designs in this are, are cooler. Um, but yeah, Chrono Trigger is definitely, a, a better overall game, but again, I really enjoy the way the combat system works in this game. I think it flows, I think it keeps you engaged, and I, I don't have to worry about ethers every, every two minutes. So, to me, it works. I know it's not the same for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I have no problem with it being held up next to Chrono Trigger because Chrono Trigger is a better game and it is objectively a sequel to that game. It continues that story. I don't think it does the story of Chrono Trigger injustice. I think it just does the 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 deliveries what's to to be at fault here, right? Yes. I mean, I, I see you're asking me. So, I mean, do do you do you think it does the the story of Chrono Trigger justice? Um, do you I think, think it does because it, like, it, it takes a while for you to kind of get to that point, but you, like, you do get that kind kind of continuation on what happened and how it affected the world as a whole because this still takes place in that same world, um, and. Like, I don't really see any problem with the plot, like, overarching, just, like, the way it was presented. Yeah, yeah, so, um, I really think you should play more than eight hours, Anderson, I think is what it really comes down to, um, of, of, you know, would you recommend someone play this game? Um, and I, I would say yes, like, I, I, I see nothing wrong with someone playing this game, and I recommend everyone beat it once. Okay, because I'm gonna I'm gonna fully understand that not everyone's gonna like it as much as me, and there are difficulties and you know obstacles and hurdles and that kind of thing. But I I honestly believe, without a shadow of my doubt, it is worth your time playing. Uh, I don't think eight hours is enough to really get to really where the combat system starts to shine. Because in the beginning, it's just, it is really rudimentary. You're just fighting to beat the thing. It's not until some of the bosses get, you know, casting two or three things or reacting to the elements you use um, where you really have to start throwing, you know, strategy and and tactics at it um, to defeat it. And, I, you know, um, and some of the areas are just so cool. Like, even though they get really info-dumpy, like, after Chronopolis, it gets really info-dumpy. But Chronopolis looks cool, man. Like, it's cool to play around in. Um, 
the just the 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 look of like these very islander design looking characters running around this future city then fighting this giant robot that's to me is what's great about jrpgs in general like these these characters that look aesthetically of a, a theme in a place where they shouldn't be um always is, is it just gets a chuckle and appreciation out of me because you got me there you got me there all right all right that's where we're at so uh yes i recommend playing it through do you would you recommend this game to someone nick uh i don't know if i'd recommend it as my first RPG, but if they were if they like chrono trigger and they wanted i guess more for the story i'd be like yeah sure play chrono cross but uh kind of temper your expectations um yeah. like it's not a bad game obviously um uh, but i it's think not go ahead uh it's uh, shit i forgot i was gonna say i just want to because i think it's slightly better than the mediocre people always say it is people are always like it's it's just a mediocre jrpg now it's not the best jrpg but I, I honestly, with every bit of my being, think it's better than mediocre, um, because it's it's in my book it succeeds on everything except its ability to convey its story correctly, and I think it does pretty well for at least the first half of the game, and then it goes into a weird place. So that's just me. Um, do you have any last thoughts before we uh, we wrap this up? Um, not particularly. I think we're good. Alright, well, our next review is going to be Warsong for the Sega Genesis. So, that's coming soon. Uh, keep your eyes out for that. Also, email if you have any questions or comments about Crown of Cross, we'd sure love to hear them. If you didn't get them in the Discord before the episode, please make sure you send those in. That's podcast at therpgshow.com. If you go to therpgshow.com, you can find links to the Discord. Again, super easy to use. I recommend everybody get on there and, and chat with us. Uh, Twitter, the RPG Podcast. I did the email. I think that's about it. So, until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.